To defeat my enemy, I extinguish his life and consume him as I consume these flames. <laughs> you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> English, motherfucker, do you speak it? I thought you said he was a getaway driver. What the fuck can he get away from, eh? I'm gonna make him an offer, Cameron. Get it, Jake. It's Chinatown. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. Patch, there's your back. That's how you get the bomb. I heard you paint houses. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. BRB, Brackets and B-Rolls, coming at y'all episode two. It's your boy, Fly Guy Ty. AKA Ty. That's the second. I did that in the first episode. I don't know why I keep doing it like that. That's so stupid. No, it's that's that's your intro. For I guess. Ever hey, ever. bro. I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm. I'm committing for the season. Fuck it. Go ahead, bro. Who are you? It's your boy Quattro, AKA. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. I got him. <laughs> it's your boy Cyrus, AKA Quattro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, if y'all are tuning in for the first time, but don't really know how that works on podcasts, you know, cause you know, on, on radio, on the radio shows, they're like, if you're just now tuning in and then they say whatever the hell they're talking about, like you yeah. can't really do that on a podcast. Cause like you can't really come in late. Uh, yeah. Unless you've already started it. So. Yeah. Like you, you, tra- you started it and you left the room and you came back and like, if you're coming in late, but like at that, I don't know. Yeah. Logistically, I don't know. I, I heard it on a podcast one time and I was like, you know what? I don't know if that like actually tracks, but like now I, tuning in, I, I mean, I, I got an 880 on SA2. That's not my job. <laughs> That's not my job to, to look at the, the semantics of podcast lingo. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah, guys. Uh, in the first episode, uh, we started off the season, you know, uh, for, for anyone who's unaware, you know, this, uh, this whole show is uh, we're taking... Uh, this season one, you know, we're taking crime and gangster films, top uh, 26 crime and gangster films that were chosen pretty fucking arbitrarily, honestly. Like, I'm pretty sure I, like, I did a Google search and, like, I found a list on IMDb. So this isn't necessarily a, a credible list. This isn't, you know, the end-all, be-all. Um, but, I mean, hey, fuck it. We didn't think this through. Anyway. Neither uh, the person that made that list either. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, most of the movies on that list, I would say, are pretty, um, you know, well received or at least mm-hmm. well known i'll say mm-hmm. out of the 20 the 25 26 i think um but the point is last episode you know we gave we, we started talking about the bottom 10 of those 26 uh we did the first five now we're gonna do the second five and then uh we'll go from there that's that's all this episode will be about we'll just be you know reviewing these uh this this bottom five the, the next half of the bottom 10 and explaining why they didn't make it into the sweet 16 but um yeah, uh, you know, just just to let the people know what was in the first, what movies did we talk about the first go around? Um, Once upon a time in America, Mean Streets, uh, A Bronx Tale, uh, The Godfather Part Two, uh, missing one, missing Once one. upon a time in America. That's the one I said. Oh, was it A Bronx Tale? I said that one. I think I'm missing Chinatown. There it is. Yeah, it is. yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the ones I'm missing. Uh. But yeah, so uh, if you want to hear our thoughts on those, go ahead and check out our previous episode. But without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and uh, hop into it. So starting off, uh, the sixth film that didn't make it in, Donnie Brasco, 
uh, came out in 1997, directed by Mike Newell and written by Paula Tenazio and Joseph DiPistoni, I think, mm-hmm. uh, starring Johnny Depp, Al Pacino, Michael Madsen, and Bruno Kirby. And it has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, with the, that's the critics, uh, excuse me, that's the uh, audience score. And uh, yeah. Hey, there it is, at least. I cook for you. Yeah. If ever I had any money, I'd give you. I never had any money. But if ever I had a hundred bucks in my pocket, I'd give you 50, right? Yeah, you did. If you're a rat. If you're a rat, then I'm the biggest fucking mutt in the history of the mafia. Go ahead and let the. How, how'd you feel about it, man? Because this was a this was definitely a point of contention when we were trying to make our Sweet Sixteen. Because I, yes, yes. We, we felt very differently about the movie. So I, I love for you to you know explain why you're stupid on the show. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I just felt uh a I felt it was kind of boring. Um, but and so th- that's just like my biggest issue with the movie, but that it was boring. But I liked how we were introduced to Lefty and Joe. Um, Lefty being uh, Johnny Depp's character, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> Joe being uh, Al Pacino's character and their mm-hmm. whole relationship, and I th- I thought it was interesting. Um, they were friends throughout the entire movie, which I thought was cool. Um, I remember liking the opening sequence a lot. Um, there was I like the way they kind of did their exposition because exposition can be really boring sometimes, but they did it through like a police report, and as they're going through this report, we got to see um, the dynamics of Joe and his and like his mafia deal and his organization and then because we all know that lefty is trying to indoctrinate himself into this uh organization to take it down as an undercover police officer yeah and so um and also another big thing that i liked was you got to see the mental decline of uh joe yeah and throughout the movie he was like the golden boy kind of cop and he was just boy scout i'm gonna take down this mafia organization and the deeper he got in um, that golden boy status was kind of like falling off of him, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, he even like got to a point where he was putting his hands on his wife, and I was like, "Wow, that's uh, that's cap. Don't yeah. be hitting the ladies." And um, but at in the end, uh, spoiler alert: when the portrayal happens, I I felt that wasn't shored up enough. Like I felt like that it, it was kind of unceremonious for the relationship that they uh, had cultivated throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I I just feel like there could have been more uh, in that sense. And then, uh, like I said, it was boring, and um, and I didn't like that he hit his wife. It, it it that for me was like almost as bad as like in Once Upon a Time in America when he those two people. I was like, I like was okay with you, but then you like straight molly whopped your wife. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't like that. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I definitely that was like uh, a point of that was an issue I also took mm-hmm. with uh with the character of um. Joe, aka Donnie Brasco, Johnny Depp's character. Yeah. Um, that was definitely an issue I had personally because mm-hmm. when it happened, I was like, uh, up to that point, I'd been struggling with, you know, sympathizing with, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, Donnie, Joe, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and like because his actions were having a very severe negative impact on his family, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it, like obviously, I. <sighs> The li- the lives of of undercover undercover like officers in these films are very mm, 
I don't even know the word I want to use there, but it's just they're very interesting mm-hmm. and they, they pose a lot of issues for everyone involved because, you know, um, the officer, in most cases, the husband, he, um, he, he he's trying to do his job and, you know, his family. So usually his wife and pro- most often it's like a newborn kid or um, some some young kids like they're just they're young enough to to need like to want their father like mm-hmm. around and he's not around because he's at work and it, it's it, it sucks because i don't really know who exactly to sympathize with typically i would say that the the husband is isn't doing the best job of balancing it because yeah. like there i think there is a, a way to balance it but at the same time you know if you're undercover you can't you can only do so much like you're in it you're mm-hmm. supposed to be um fully immersed into that world like you got to be you can't really be spending, you know, your your afternoons, your evenings with your family, and then you know waking up and going over to the wherever your like your assignment is because that's no just baseball not, games and undercover work. Yeah, so like you can't you can't really do that kind of thing because you know it's that, that's that's counter to you know your your profession as an undercover uh, police officer. But um, despite despite that, despite his you know actions. By the end of the movie, I had, you know, become more forgiving of that behavior only because it, it I think I felt that the movie did a really good job of kind of pivoting the, the shifting the blame from being specifically um, uh, Joe's fault onto, you know, the agency that was, you know, using him mm-hmm. because it, it did feel like, you know, this agency wasn't was I mean exploiting him they were using him yeah. and then they kind of just you know tossed him to the side when they were done with him like they didn't really treat him uh fairly and i feel like that's uh that's a big issue that's another big issue when you get to um situations where people are uh undercover you mm-hmm. know they have to they, they have to reckon with the fact that they are seen more as commodities at, rather than people and right. like I feel like they get treated as such at least specifically in this movie which is why i was able to reconcile my feelings towards mm-hmm. Uh, towards Joe because you know he did you know hit his wife which was like awful yeah terrible very uh, big no no yeah but um <laughs> the point is it's not 60 <laughs> <laughs> the point is um uh I was able to kind of I wasn't I didn't feel the same way about you know because you compared him to uh Robert De Niro's character in Once Upon a Time in America I was I personally was able to you know uh make that that clear distinction because it was very obvious that um Robert Robert De Niro's character was acting on his own of his own like agency like he had no one really influencing him he wasn't under any real duress like he was he he was just a like a piece of shit as a person whereas Joe he was there's an argument to be made that he was a piece of shit, but I would say I would be more so leaning to the fact that he's not a bad dad. Because from like what we saw, he wasn't a bad dad or a bad husband. It's just mm-hmm. he like you know had a lot going on, and um, being in the position that he was in, uh, I'm I'm sure being an undercover, uh, just a person at all is is stressful, yeah, especially sure. in a in a situation like uh, when you're infiltrating like a gang where mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you could die at any at any point. Family could die. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of stuff going on, and that by no means excuses his actions. But I'm saying, um, I I felt that the blame 
wasn't uh, the, the 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 film did a good enough job of shifting the blame uh, and saying like you know what this isn't it's not like he's a bad person per se mm-hmm. it's just bad circumstances that makes sense yeah but um so you felt that way about it I happen to really really enjoy the movie partially because it's paced extremely well and it's very short for a gangster movie and given the fact that like most of these movies are at least two and a half or like between two fifteen and two and a half hours yeah. long. The fact that this was like barely two and it like breezed through, I was like, oh man, this is great. And like, I already, I'm a huge fan of Al Pacino. And so, like, he was like awesome. I loved him, loved his performance. Like, that was one of the, like, my favorite things. And I think I watched this after I'd seen Scarface. So I was already like high on Al. And I was like, bro, like, give me some more Pacino. Like, he's, he's killing it right now. And he, like, you know, this was another home run for him. And, like you said, the the relationship between between um, Lefty and Joe, or as Lefty knew him, Donnie, uh, it, it was really it was really resonant and it was really like emotional, not emotional, but it was very real. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I enjoyed that like quite a bit. And this I was, film definitely had like one of the best relationships between two people in this in this uh, in the genre out of a lot of the movies that I watched. Like it, I, I it was like paramount to me with. Um, Frank and Russell and uh, the Irishman and mm-hmm. how, how how close their relationship was. It yeah, gave yeah, me, yeah, like, yeah. Messages of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, like there was clear like chemistry, even mm-hmm. like on a just on like a real level between Al Al Pacino and Johnny Depp. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it felt. I bought their their relationship instantly. Yes. I was like, oh, like you guys are like I wholeheartedly believe that you guys when you, when shooting stops, like you go you know hang out afterwards. Yeah. Um. So. As I said, like I, I really enjoyed it. Like Al was a really big part. I'm not like really familiar with Johnny Depp as like an actor. You know, all all the you know personal stuff aside, I really enjoyed his performance in this. Um, I also uh, really liked Michael Madsen uh, in this because I I'm a big Qu- Quentin Tarantino fan, mm-hmm. and Michael Madsen has uh, obviously worked with uh, QT a lot, quite a, quite a bit, in um, some of his other films. So like that was that was a nice. That was that was a fun thing to see personally, mm-hmm. um, but as I said, like as, as we've both been saying, like it's clear that the highlight of the movie is Al and and Johnny together, like just their chemistry, what they bring to it. Um, uh, I, I also kind of felt that, like like I said earlier, like my my dislike for Johnny or excuse me, Joey, damn mm-hmm. it, Joe, Joe, yeah. uh, Joe was able to be diminished, mm-hmm. and excuse me, excuse me, um, kind of. Uh, dis- uh, distributed, I guess is a good word, um, because you know the FBI uh, was using him so heavily, and they weren't really. I didn't get the impression that they were treating him fairly. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I guess is you know the argument that you could, that could be made if you're undercover. That's kind of like the the job that you sign up for. But I don't really know. That was just like my rationale for that. Um, it almost felt like they they treated him like the criminals he's supposed to be taken down. Yeah, like that's low key how it how it kind of that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, but you know, uh, just speaking technically, as, as far as the the film is concerned, um, I did kind of I, I enjoyed some of the visuals, uh, mm-hmm. and I thought, like I said, pacing was like superb. Maybe I'm just maybe that was just because I came from uh, I think the the movie I'd seen prior was like three hours, so like coming to a movie that was sub two, I was yeah. like, oh, nice, like. We're in and out. Thank yeah, you. yeah. The, the ones that I was like, hey, it was like an hour some change. I was like, okay, all right. I'm, we're, you, we're in and out. A couple extra points just just for that. <laughs> I ain't gotta be here for long. Yeah. Um. 
The score was pretty good for this movie. I, I notably, I thought the score was pretty well. Pretty mm-hmm. good in this movie. Okay, yeah, that that's fair. I can, I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, I, I think my just overall sum up, like why I enjoyed the movie so much, uh, specifically more than you. I didn't find it boring personally. I mm-hmm. like was very much compelled throughout the entire time. I think that's largely because of just the the like I said, I can't stress enough how strong the chemistry was between yeah. those two, and um. I I found I was just really compelled by the interactions between uh by by the story as a whole like mm-hmm. just the undercover aspect of it and it was really I understand what you're saying how it felt unceremonious uh, given like the the magnitude of their the perceived magnitude yeah. of their relationship but um personally I didn't really find I have that issue and I, that's one of the reasons why I was so compelled with the story because I felt that their relationship was so real mm-hmm. and um so like the fact that wanted like i felt bad for lefty al pacino's character mm-hmm. because he was genuinely like yeah like, he he genuinely enjoyed joe yeah. he cared about joe like he was that was a good friend of his and like joe was i mean betraying him and like it's, it's that business. was yeah i mean it's business and like i mean you can only feel so bad for lefty because he wasn't a great person yeah but like still like you know it, the, the movie you know having an actor like al pacino uh that gives that gives your character some type of charisma and uh, credibility making them it making it easier to like them because as an actor they're able to bring certain magnetism to the ro- to the role mm-hmm. that really um uh just 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 does a lot of the legwork so that you don't necessarily like they they accomplish a lot of the things that you might not be able to get if you're just uh writing the mm-hmm. in the script per se like he al pacino brought a lot to the film i wouldn't i don't think that lefty was a great character based on the writing i think he was a great character based on al pacino yes. and what he was able to do with the writing but uh with all that said uh what do you what do you give it out of 10 um just because i'm interested because this was a i had to fight really hard to try to get this one in the sweet 16 and i lost clearly so uh, it, given my issues with it and and the negatives and the positives i i come away with the with a nice six a decent damn a d de- okay a that's decent. fine that's fine a decent like that's- I, like given our conversations about it and kind of illuminate some things for me, I'm like, okay, decent. It went from like eh to a decent. All right, that's fair. I I would go. Uh, I I'm gonna go eight. Maybe I'm I'm remembering Ooh, okay. it with some with some rose colored with some rose tinted glasses right now. But uh, I I don't care. I I'm gonna go with a solid eight out of ten. Um, you know, possibly a seven point five. That's the lowest I'd go. Mm. Um, but you know, like the pacing, the performances. Um, all that stuff just kind of really made me, and, and I also found the ending to be particularly poignant, which um, was really, it, it. I didn't necessarily like it, but I did. Like, I didn't like it because I didn't enjoy the way it made me feel, but I liked it narratively. I liked the narrative choice that was made mm-hmm. uh, for for that kind of ending. Um, but, you know, uh, that's pretty much how, that's pretty much all I have to say about the, the movie. I mean... It, I think that explains why it's not in the Sweet 16. Um, but that that's about all I have to say about yeah, it. Yeah, that's all I got to say about all this, right, this well, dumpster. Not explaining uh, <laughs> this film. Uh, well, moving on to uh, the next film that uh, was not able to make it into our Sweet 16. Infernal Affairs, mm. uh, 2002. Uh, excuse me. Directed by Andrew Lau, I believe. Alan Mack. And written by Alan Mack and Felix Chong. And starring Andy Lau, Tony Leung, Chiu Wei, 
Anthony Wong and Eric saying, I'm so sorry if I butchered any of those names. I, yeah. I, I, I'm a terrible person. Uh, oh, the, wow. movie has a, <laughs> the movie has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, yeah. Speaking of like more short movies, this one this was one. very much this was yes. sub two, so yeah. already off to a hot start. But uh, go ahead and tell the people how you felt about it, man. Um, so this is funny. So I, this movie I watched, I, when I picked uh, what movies to watch, I kind of like just drew them out of a hat and mm-hmm. just watched them from mm-hmm. wherever. And then, um, so I had watched Departed and then the next movie I immediately watched. Damn. Was, <laughs> and, <laughs> Fair. Damn. And I watched it, I, I finished it, I was like, damn, I watched Departed twice. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, thank God I really liked the Departed. So like, this was not like a terrible deal, but I was like, wow, okay. And, um, but I really liked it. One of the, the most notable thing for me was the, uh, the opening scene and they were, uh, drinking the tea and having like this little like ceremony or whatever it seemed like. And, um, he was like, you guys are joining like, uh, the biggest gang and, uh, was it Hong Kong? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Like you're joining the biggest gang and he was like, they just sit the tea and they're like, all right, welcome to the police. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I yeah, thought that was, yeah, really, that was, I thought that was sick. I was yeah. like, that's a, that's a great way to put it. And I didn't know this was a foreign film. Uh, when I, I, I watched it, I also did not, I, I knew that after I had done like some vague, a little research, but yeah. like when we picked the movies, I did not realize that Infernal Affairs was, um, uh, Chinese, I believe. Yeah. And it's three of them too. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a trilogy. It's yeah. a whole trilogy. And it's like a really well, like, yeah. belo- it's like a beloved trilogy. Yeah. I'm like, I'd actually watched the other two. I just haven't, but like, I would be interested in checking them out. And then it, I watched it uh, with the English dub. I, well, I didn't watch it with the English dub. I watched it in Chinese and just read. Yeah, the, I, just, the yeah I had subtitles too. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so how I watch. I, that's um, how I watch most foreign. But foreign um, moving on, like I really liked the cinematography in it. There was uh, a lot of shots, especially at the end when he was pointing the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, chef's kiss. Um, I liked the character. What was his name? Uh, his first name, the Andrew Lau, not Andrew Lau's character, Andy Lau's character. Uh, oh, in- Inspector Lau. Inspector Lau. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's imaginative. <laughs> hey, what's your name? Okay, Andrew Lau. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I liked his character a lot, and kind of seeing his toggle between uh being that undercover cop in this organization, uh, another dynamic we've seen in a lot of these films. Yeah. I thought was really good. Um, I liked the music. It it felt that the way they paced paced the music throughout the movie, it kind of built up the the tension a lot and mm-hmm. I really like that about it and um that was really it for me this was this really wasn't how on my list I especially seeing the departed I was like uh, okay I yeah mean, you tried to do yeah. it and it didn't do it yeah it, very it, well but it, and it's crazy because the departed was a remake of this bro I'm getting off the cast this, that, <laughs> what <laughs> this was Martin Scorsese saw this and then that remade it and did it, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess that's points to you. I mean, Mars Gosset saw your film was like, oh, I can do that, <laughs> and then did it. Um, so I think won the Oscar for it. I'm I'm pretty sure uh, the Departed won at least one Oscar, but um, this was an interesting uh, film for me only because it was a remake, a Hollywood remake that um, 
was that I felt was like superior to the original, mm. which uh, I mean isn't really often. There isn't like a isn't the norm as you can see just looking at the uh, Disney remakes. Um, uh, <laughs> but the, the point is, um, I en- like I really liked Infernal Affairs, mm-hmm. but because I also had seen The Departed beforehand. All I could think about was, wow, The Departed was able to do this, but better. And <laughs> I <laughs> I felt bad because I didn't, because I already, I'd already seen The Departed. So I wasn't able to, I feel like I wasn't able to really appreciate yeah. just uh, what, what Infernal Affairs had to offer, which, you know, is not fair at all. But I mean... Life ain't fair. Eh, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> shit, like it was. It's it work. It is what it is. It was. It was tough. It was tough. Um, but yeah, I, I like I said, like it's not a bad movie at all. Like it's mm. still a still a very good. And I like I said, I enjoyed it. I would absolutely, I would absolutely, uh, check out the second and third uh, movies in the trilogy. Um, uh, but it just, I, I, I coun't help but imagine. The Departed as I was watching. It. Exactly. And granted, this is much shorter than the The Departed. Um, I mean, that's probably because it's a whole trilogy. I, although, I don't know. I don't know what exactly was remade. I don't know if, like, The Departed was just a remake of this, and then the other two movies are, you know, kind of their own separate thing, or if The Departed is, like, all three, is, like, the entire trilogy adapted into its own movie. I don't think so, just because the Infer- Infernal Affairs itself is, it, it feels like, you know, The Departed. No, nah, because I think, I, I watched a video, and they talked about the other two. I think three is, like, um... They go back in time. Oh, okay, yeah, that's so I, yeah. I, don't uh, think... I guess Marty said I'm not doing all that bullshit. Yeah, no, no. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, not much else to say about this one, unfortunately. Um, you know, all I can say is how much I wish I'd seen it before I'd seen The Departed, so I wouldn't have been like, because if I'd done that, I would have been like, oh snap, a better version of Infernal Affairs instead of like, ah, oh, damn, a worse version of The Departed. <laughs> hmm. It was, it, it was. It was a, uh, it was unfortunate, but I mean, it was still a fun, fun time. Like you said, that opening, that opening sequence was really cool, and there was a lot of really cool cinematography. You know, like that, that, uh, that shot. You know, with their, the both of them are holding their guns. I think. Yeah. Um. So it, there's there's a lot of cool stuff to have. There's a lot of cool stuff to this to this movie. Uh. Just you know, wasn't able to live up to the Departed, which is. Stupid to say because the exactly. departed came out afterwards, but exactly. whatever. Um, what would you give it out of 10? I don't want to give it a bad, but I'm so I'm gonna give it an A, uh, five out of 10. Fair, I, I will go, I'll, I'll go five and a half, yeah, five between A and decent, not quite decent, not quite A, eh, you know. Um, you know, it, it, it was still it was still a good time. Like I said, yeah. I, I, I still enjoyed it. Less than an hour, you know. <laughs> uh, well, less than two. It was still less, an hour. Less than two. Yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely the thing. But yeah, honestly, like we cannot stress enough how much, how nice it is to see a movie's runtime and it's less than 120 minutes. Yeah. Like I was, I. So hopefully y'all are lucky and y'all see this before you watch The Departed and you can really, <laughs> really suck, soak in, you know, the greatness of it. It might be a seven or eight, but we'll never know because we watched The Departed first. <laughs> so. Bro. And honestly, there's I if I'm not mistaken, there's like plenty of people who would like prefer uh, Infernal Affairs to The Departed. Of which course I, there is. Of course there is. <laughs> uh, I can't say I agree, but you know, I mean, to each his own, of course. Um, and I also I'm uh you know uh entrance uh vault. 
Volume number 50, 56 of uh, Ty Sucks as a fucking host. Um, I meant to read the critic critics consensus for Ooh, both of these. Episode two, that's 56? <laughs> God damn, you suck. Um, I meant to read the critics consensus for both Donnie Brasco and um, Infernal Affairs when I gave the Rotten Tomato score. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, go. I'm going to read that right now. Just, I mean, not like it matters, but, you know, I have to do it. Um, hey, it matters to me. Hey, thanks, man. The critics' cons- the critics' consensus for Donnie Brasco reads: a stark, nuanced portrait of life in organized crime, bolstered by strong performances from Al Pacino and Johnny Depp. And uh, you know, I mean, that's that's pretty echoey. That echoes what we had to say about it. And then um, Infernal Affairs critics' consensus reads: smart and engrossing. This is one of Hong Kong's better cop thrillers. I haven't seen very many Hong Kong cop thrillers. Yeah, you uh, got a couple on it. It's straight. <laughs> uh yeah but moving on to the uh to the what is this a history seven? of violence oh i thought you moved on to the next movie oh, oh. this this is the next movie oh. i was just kind of like trying to count like his oh, number seven of the bottom ten it doesn't no, matter it be eight yeah yeah eight. Yeah, yeah 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 um uh, a, a history of violence came out in 2005 directed by david cronenberg written by josh olsen uh starring vigo mortensen maria bello heidi hayes and ashton holmes uh and it has a rotten tomato score of 87 uh, percent with a critics consensus reading a history of violence raises compelling and thoughtful questions about the nature of violence while representing a return to form for director David Cronenberg in one of his more uncharacteristic pieces. He's a jerk. Yeah, he's a jerk. That's no excuse. You stand up to him, you don't put him in the hospital. Oh, big deal. It's the best thing anyone could have done to him. Besides, I only got suspended. It is a big deal. His parents say they might sue us. There could be assault charges. We can't afford that, Jack. We don't have that kind of money. Oh, what? Mom's not going to take the case? Whatever, Dad. Listen, smart mouth. In this family, we do not solve our problems by hitting people. No, in this family, we shoot them. So, uh, not being very well versed in uh, David Cronenberg's filmography... I cannot speak to the validity of that statement. Yeah. Um, But, I mean... (laughs) Congrats on the comeback, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, how do you feel about it, man? Go ahead, start us off. Kick us off. I really, 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 really liked this film. I really liked A History of Violence. (laughs) I thought uh, there was great cinematography, especially in the opening scene. Um, And it, it was very, like, especially towards the beginning, it was very ambiguous on who the villain could be. And I thought that was really cool. Um, the sex scene at the beginning, I thought, okay, I, was it was it me or I was like, I was like, this is a lot. I mean, Yo, bro, especially for a two thousand five movie. Yeah, like, bro, I was I was kind of con- I was shook. I was I was I was sitting there thinking, is this normal? Yeah, I was like, why? Like, I didn't. I mean, I'm not like upset. I like I'm not like ah, get it out of my face. But I'm at yeah. the same time, I'm like, what? Just I'm like just, a lot. This feels uncharacteristically like not 2005. <laughs> yeah, no. Like I, I like I don't it's, know. it was. It was one of those things. I was like, this is. Did y'all like just film it all? It was like I would keep the whole thing. Like or like, did you mean to cut? I, it was a. It was. It was funny. It, it was, was funny to say the least. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but um. 
you so but like I said like you couldn't really latch onto the villain which I thought was an interesting choice because in a lot of these films you find your antagonist and then through the protagonist you uh you know go through this journey with those two characters but this one you couldn't really latch onto who that antagonist was just yet at the beginning of the film so you kind of had to like do some digging and like some soul searching to, to figure out who the antagonist was which I thought was pretty cool um and then I really like the um relationship between Tom and Edie Stahl, uh, the <laughs> the main character and his wife, uh, which kind of brings me back to that to that scene they had at the beginning of the film where they got crazy. Oh, don't 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 get it twisted. They have several. They have, they yeah, have yeah. several. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the several. first one was kind of endearing though because it it was yeah because she did it, the cheerleader thing. Yeah, yeah. it was <laughs> yeah. it was like kind of sweet. It was like oh, yeah, oh like, this, this is nice. Like, then they did two more times. I was like, wait, okay, so. <laughs> Y'all just freaks. I, I mean, that's cool. Let your feet fly, fly with. Oh my god! Back to the movie. <laughs> Yo, that was that was that was an interesting. Like, I wasn't expecting that from from this movie. No. Like, oh man. I mean, like like they said about the director, it's like there was a lot of things in this movie they wasn't expecting from him. So I yeah hey. yes yeah. <laughs> but uh, just like her Edie, and especially Edie's journey, like figuring out that her husband is like a killer. It was really interesting to see. Spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen a history of violence, um, yeah, my bad. Um, and the performances were really strong in this film. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, he's an amazing actor, killed it in a history of violence. Uh, playing like, like he he really he had me fooled. I was like, oh bro, he owns a he owns a diner. He's chilling. He's yeah, cool. He was so like. Unsuspecting. <laughs> yeah, he was so boring. Like I was like, bro, there's no way. I mean, they got the wrong guy apparently. And then apparently not, because he straight Molly whopped that whole like crew in his in his diner. And my thing was, I was like, I, I maybe I think I was just so willing to believe that he was just a normal ass dude. Yeah. That like I was like, I mean, he he's probably just in the military or something. Like he he has some training. Yeah, like, yeah, there, yeah, there's no sure. way he was like a like a legit killer. Actually, like, that was that actually was an issue for me in this film. Really? The, the training. I was like, um, I, I don't know what kind of specialized training one gets being in like the mob, but I was like <laughs> I was like, bro, you like doing some marine type level stuff. Like this ain't, bro. Like you might see, be able to, like you know, throw a couple. You might win a couple fights, but bro, you you throwing marine shots. Like this like, kill we, stuff. We've seen too many to know. Uh, uh-uh, uh, that that ain't how it works. And because what? No, ain't no, ain't nobody else was rocking like that. <laughs> I mean, even in infernal affairs. I mean, like you would think in infernal affairs somebody knew something. <laughs> But no, they wasn't doing uh, all that. No, the, the the departed neither. Like, bro, no. you have you have legitimate entities that train you and none of them knew the type of stuff that he was pulling out no bro he straight broke that dude's nose like it was nothing he just like uh, two moves and dude was dead i was like wait a minute hold on no no i know <laughs> that's this is not how this is supposed to work but um uh back to the performances uh ed harris who i've, I've always been a fan of ed harris Yo, i love ed harris yeah like, anything he's in i really enjoy westworld I liked for, I liked season one, mm-hmm. season two. Have you seen it? I saw the pilot, and uh, I liked it. I just haven't. I when whatever it came out on, I didn't have it. At the it time, so I never got to it. Yeah, I, HBO. Yeah, I never got, uh, got to see it. Just quick sidebar. Um, Westworld season one was like pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't I won't, I won't spoil it because like there's a lot going on. But Ed Harris, what, like he's like one of the main characters. Real like anything he's in, I really enjoy. Um, season two, very confusing to a fault. Not not like confusing in a good way. Not confusing in a sense where like everything is like you know you, you feel you, you feel rewarded by the time the show by the time the season ends. Season three I haven't seen yet, but I've heard good things. I heard that it's better than season two. Um, 
But uh, I don't know. That's just my little spiel. All I say, all that to say, really enjoy Ed Harris as an actor. Yeah. So did a really good job. And then um, the subplot with the son was really interesting to me. I really liked. Uh, <laughs> what you didn't like? It? Uh, okay. But I, I like the. I liked like I like to see a a a progression of of a character's mental state in films. I really thought, think that's interesting. When, like you can really dive into a a character's mental state, aka look at the Joker and how like not the Joker, but Joker how they did what they did with Joaquin Phoenix to uh, his portrayal of the Joker. I thought that was really cool. But uh, to see that like his son. Doesn't even though like Tom Stahl like built this world where he's like boring Joe Schmo like runs a diner he still has this other person he used to be and his son takes after that person not the fake boring dude he, he came up with and I thought that was really cool because he because like the son is like bro I mean like why am I like this why am I like crazy as all get out <laughs> and little does he know his dad was the same way so I, I thought that was really cool. And then lastly, I loved how Joe stuck to his story to the end. Like he finished up, like went to I think was it. Rush? He didn't go to Russia. Uh, you, I, I'm not. Yeah, your guess is as good as yeah, mine. But not, he went. He went to go bro, finish he, the job. He, took everybody out. He, and then he came well back and was like, Mars. he came back and was like, yeah, I'm still Joe. I was <laughs> like, bro, what? wait, <laughs> just give it up. We know. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody knows. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, the really only negatives I I had was like that whole combat uh killer that Joe was. I was like, come on, bro, not I'm Joe. Tom. Like, bro, I was like, how are you, John Wick? Bro, he's John Wick. <laughs> bro, stop. And um, without the Continental. Oh, I would I would have liked to have seen um a little more of this history of violence, because mm. I would have liked to have seen like maybe a couple just maybe one or two flashbacks of him like being uh, uh-huh. Tommy Badass. But like I I was like I because I felt like we we focus so much on what he's doing now, which I feel like was very important. I mean that's not te- necessarily a bad thing. But I just would have liked to have seen just a little bit more, maybe you know, a couple minutes dedicated to like, hey, this is what he used to do. After we figure out that he's you know a former killer. Fair, fair. Um, well, you know, I also really enjoyed the history of violence. Um, I I felt like that. I felt like that. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> like that was I don't know, man. Ain't I? God damn it! I hate myself. Uh, anyway. The the opening fifteen to twenty minutes was like so good, like because mm-hmm. the like the family aspect of it. I forgot that I was wa- I was supposed to be watching like a mobster, like a crime mobster movie. Yeah, like I was like like the first the opening like fifteen twenty minutes because I'm not like a sappy sentimental guy, but like I'm like if you got like if you have it and like it's well done, like I'm a fan, and I was really. I was really into it. Like the family, they felt really like, you know, loving and stuff like that. And then, like I said, like the the cheerleading scene, uh, as as odd as that was, it was still sweet in a in a weird kind of way. Like it was like, I don't know, this, these parents, you know, trying to rekindle their. I mean, as far as I can tell, it's not dead, but their sex yeah, life definitely it, ain't it, dead. It, it wasn't dead, but I mean, they're trying to relive their 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 days from high school, I guess. Um, I, I maybe that's a can of worms that somebody else could unpack. Maybe y'all need to go to therapy. I don't know. It it seemed pretty healthy to me, but you know, uh, what do I know? Uh, but like I like uh like I was saying, it was just like that opening. That opening really set the tone for me because I was like, are like that open. It really got me invested a lot into what these characters were doing. Um, even Ashton Holmes' uh, side plot, Jack Stahl. Um. There was like specifically 
um, the first time he encounters like uh, the the bullies and stuff like that. What was that like? Were they on a softball field or like a like a baseball field? They were they were playing some sport like, um, and uh, long story short, high school bullshit happens, and I have I'm I have a really big issue with like teen actors and like high school media because like most of it is bad. Yeah, unless you're like you know Euphoria or something. Um, the fact that and like all the fucked up stuff that happens in that, like the fact that's the good stuff, I'm like wow, that's terrible. Like that, that's like the, I mean, the biggest thing is the performances. Like anything, yeah. like that's why I hold Euphoria to be the standard when it comes to like depicting high school uh, media. What about Riverdale? Um, <laughs> yeah, I wish y'all could see my face. Anyway, yeah, nah, boo. <laughs> uh, so uh, going into it with that, and like this wasn't even the first. David Cronenberg film I'd seen because the first one I'd seen was Eastern Promises, so mm. that one I actually I also really enjoyed. Yeah, and so I I didn't really know what to expect, and from what I can tell, this still isn't even a good representation of him as a filmmaker because you know that critics consensus right that this was uncharacteristic of him as a yeah. for for a movie, um, but uh th- there was a lot of cheesy mid two thousands bullshit in here that like it just yeah kind of pervades the movie which I mean. What can you expect? The movie came out in 05. Like, you can there's you can't really separate yourself from that kind of thing. Um, so it's just kind of you just kind of like got to roll with it and just accept it. And as long as it if it affects you to the point where you don't like the movie, then like you gotta you know just kind of which is crazy because like the movies up, I guess. a lot of the movies of like the 70s, 80s, and 90s are like still iconic today. And like how many iconic movies do you know that have come out of the 2000s? That's there's, there's, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure, but like, because like, like, I know, can't name too many. You got, you got Inglorious Bastards that came out in '09. I'm sure that some people consider that iconic. You got, um, The Departed. Yeah. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, now that I'm on the spot, I can't think of any. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but there's, there's, there's plenty. I don't want to give the 2002 much shit. Yeah. Because I've definitely revisited some like mm. older movies, like, uh, for instance, The Breakfast Club. That mm. is a really a, still a really good movie, but like it's all these movies are like victim like are symptomatic of their times, mm-hmm. and so like they always will have like the stupid bullshit like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There's some shit that happens in that movie. I'm like, I don't know if this is like how just life was back in the what was that 70s 80s? I think it was 80s 80 yeah 70 I think it came out 75. I don't know. The, the point is all these like all these movies have like you know the things of their time yeah. and it's just so happens that the 2000s but, I shouldn't count my 2000s bro I mean the Phantom Menace <laughs> I mean that was a, a that was 99 a piece of work oh dang that was Damn. 99 almost just barely missed it hey Attack of the Clones stop it get some help <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay um but no like outside of that stuff like I'm only I've only been talking about the negative so far but like I said I did really conceptually I thought that the movie was really cool because, like, I mean, the idea of, like, you know, someone who completely wants to dissociate from their history as a uh, a murderer, um, you know, that's interesting. And then the fact that he goes to, like, a really small town, starts mm-hmm. a family, like, all that stuff, it was like, this is, you know, nice. This and is the real. fact he was able to do it because, I mean, we've we've known uh, people in the in these films that have tried to do that and it, it usually doesn't work out. You yeah. So die fa- before it happens or go to jail. So, so the, the fact that it did happen and it was able to, you know, come to fruition the way it did because, like mm-hmm. I said, like, it was a sweet family. Like, it was a really nice dynamic they yeah. had going on and I really appreciated the opening 20 minutes for, for yes. that. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I think the the corny stuff, the opening, like the the bad teen stuff, and like the uh, the the corny two thousand stuff, it ended up improving my experience because I was mm-hmm. laughing a lot. Yeah. So um, I I enjoyed that part of it. Uh, but the cinematography was like really cool yeah. i'd say because like there was i think the opening i think there's an opening tracking shot that like is like a one take um i don't know how long it is but it, it's like a it, it was really it was like really impressive because i didn't mm-hmm. expect it so anytime because i'm a like i guess i'm a whore for one take for illusion one takes because like they're just i i understand it I, I'm, they, I'm slowly becoming i'm seeing i've been watching a lot of films lately that have been using it and i'm like yo i don't hate this like because it's it's just the idea of because i know how difficult it is to try mm. and do it and so i'm like all right this is fucking cool like 1917 i i that's it's cool super cool because of that birdman um the 2014 michael keaton movie that was really cool i that was a pleasant surprise i had no idea it was like that mm. and then so that was cool and then you know um you know this had that had that little it wasn't long by any means but it was still really uh engaging so that's just something that's just a personal thing for me but um Outside of that, I think, uh, like you said, the cast as a whole was solid. Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Uh, it, it was really cool because, like I said, Eastern Promises was the first like David Cronenberg movie I'd seen, and Viggo Mortensen was also the star in that. Yeah. And he was complete. Like, there's a, such a stark difference yes. between the characters here. It's like Viggo Mortensen in Easter Prom- Eastern Promises scary is, as fuck. <laughs> is like terrifying. Yeah. And then him in this is like you know suburban dad, and it's it's just really cool, and it's nice to see like his range, I guess. And um, it, it was it was just really nice to see. Granted, uh, all that being said, I still liked it. I I don't think it's all that. Like I like mm-hmm. if I had to give it a, a score, like the like I said, like the movie is like fine. I, I'd say like a like a six out of ten, like a decent. Like I, that's I, how, I, that's I'd how I rock with you on a decent. Yeah. I'd see, rock with see you on a so and obviously it's not bad, but like I don't think I think this kind of falls in the same category with um. With with uh, those those movies, uh, like what was the one we talked about epi- in episode one about um, ah shit, what was it? Uh, the reason why oh a Bronx Tale, mm. not not that these aren't these are nowhere near similar movies, but I mean that I don't think that this was a great representation or 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 a capture or didn't really capture the essence of like the style of the movie mm-hmm. for this particular season, and so that's why I was like I don't know if this should be in season I don't know if this should be in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, and granted, like it's not like a, a knock your socks off kind of movie in the first place. So it, it wasn't to the point where like, oh, this is so good, I can't leave it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was it was fine though. It was a fun time. I did enjoy it. Um, really horny. Uh, it was like the, yo, they, they at one point they like tear each other's clothes off on the stairs and they just go at it on the stairs. I'm like, oh. All, all I could think of that scene was like, bro, our back is good. I mean, like, those bro, are wooden stairs. Bro, it was, because they were wooden stairs. They were, like, slamming each other against them. It was I was like, like a curved this, stairway. Looks, I was like, this bro, looks painful. Like, this looks like. Love hurts, I guess. I, 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 I Mr. and Mrs. Wife, Smith don't hurt that bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, jeez. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, that's those, those are that's it on um, History of Violence. Moving on uh, to the ninth film uh, that wasn't able to make the Sweet Sixteen. Eastern Promises, you know, another David Cronenberg film, came out in 2007, written by Stephen Knight and starring Naomi Watts, Viggo Mortensen, Vincent Cassell, and Armin Muller-Stahl. Has an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes with a critics, critics' consensus reading. 
David Cronenberg triumphs again, showcasing the Viggo Mortensen's on-screen prowess and a daring performance. Bearing the trademarks of psychological drama and gritty violence, Eastern Promises is a very compelling crime story. You play with a prince to do business with a king. If you want to do business with me, you must be open with me. Thieves and law. So that's that's it. Did I already read the? Did I say the Rotten Tomato score? No. Oh, yeah, uh, you said eighty-seven or something like that. Uh, it's an eighty-nine. 89 I, yeah. I I misspoke then. Yeah, yeah 89 percent. Um, so that's that's uh that's the that's all I have to say about Eastern Promises. That's like all the you know the the, the stuff you guys need to know. Uh, how'd you how'd you feel about it, Quattro? So when I saw Eastern Promises was on this list, I was crazy excited because um pretty much I'd say like ninety percent of the the ninety percent of the movies we watched in the this season. Um, surround the Italian uh, crime family. Yes. And so we finally got to dive into like the Russian mob, mm-hmm. which is like, even in real life, like the Russian mob is like the cream of the crop, the most like dangerous and terrifying crime family around. I like how danger makes you the cream of the crop. Like being the most dangerous makes you the cream of the crop. <laughs> or not, not the most dangerous, the most well, ruthless. Like, yeah, like uh, my point is, I like how. Like the more negative adjectives you have, the better you are. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, the cartel will like cut your head off and like mail it to your family. I mean, <laughs> but the Russians they cut up your whole family and mail it to like each other. I was like, wait, oh, oh no. But so like when I saw this was like surrounding the Russian, I was really excited. And um, Vigo Mortensen's performance, that was just oh my goodness. It, and I think I saw this after I watched. Um, what was the last movie we talked about? Of History of Violence. So, like, to see that that shift from, oh, I'm a suburban white dad on a diner, to, you got baby. It <laughs> 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 was, was beautiful to me. And, like, his accent was, it, as on point as it was, it was still funny. Because that scene where he's talking to, like, his handler uh, about, like, pinning uh, that guy for statutory rape was hilarious. He was like... You got baby, you could arrest him now. I was like, bro, like, stop talking because you're making me laugh. This scene's not supposed to be funny, but um, and I also really like this movie conceptually because it uh, you you follow Naomi Watts' character. She's a nurse and she's got this patient and she, on spoiler alert, dies giving birth to this baby, um, which I mean, unfortunately, I don't even say like sounds normal, but like that's that's a thing that happens. I mean, you wouldn't you don't think much of it, you know? Probably some dead Pete, dead beat had sex with their with this prostitute. And had the baby and like ran off, whatever. But then you you figure out it's meant to the Russian mob, which is like, at when I first watched it, I was like, this just seems like way out there. Like like that's that, this the is world's the, too small. This is the epitome of movie magic. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm like, bro, come on. But then like uh, upon like further review and like kind of being removed from it, I'm like, it's it's not terrible. I'm not gonna ding it for for something like that. But uh, as you follow like her trying to figure out uh, what happened to this girl through this diary, I thought it was really interesting. It had really interesting shots too. It was a lot more colorful than *A History of Violence*. *A History of Violence*, which I really like, and um, not to say that, because it, it wasn't like it was set in a different. I think because the way I perceived it, mm-hmm. *A History of Violence*'s coloring was very muted. Yeah. Whereas this one, it wasn't as muted. Like it wasn't like there were like hella vibrant colors yeah, around. Yeah. But it just, it was way more comparatively speaking. It was a lot less muted than. Um, a history of violence. Yeah, they hit the they hit the vibrance button a little a, a little bit in the uh, for this movie in in the post. So <laughs> they hit the vibrance button. Yeah, hit the vibrance button. Hey, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, negatives. There was a couple scenes where I felt it was like, all right, y'all are kind of dragging your feet. Let's let's kind of get let's get let's get a move on. And it still was under two. Like, yeah, it's under like two an hours. hour forty, I think. So it's not crazy. 
but I still felt like it was it, its pacing was a little off for me. But other than that, like I really enjoyed this movie. Um, are we are we talking about why I didn't make our sixteen? Yeah. Okay. And, and really, it, off the strength of the other films, it's like why I kind of got pushed kind of towards like the middle, mm-hmm. like kind of under the sixteen. So that's that's all for me on that movie. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I, uh, you know, like I said, yeah, this was the first. This was I saw this before I saw a, his, a history of violence. Um, and you know, based on the critics' consensus and like what I kind of saw through other reviews of the movie, um, this seems to be more. Uh, symptomatic of what David Cronenberg does as far as the violence is concerned and um, just like the dramatic aspects of it maybe Um, the one thing that really stuck out to me was the violence like because I'd never it it was really graphic and it was really interesting because I mean I didn't have I didn't expect it so granted like I said earlier I'm a Tarantino fan so like violence isn't something I'm I have I take issue with but it's still something that like is interesting when mm-hmm. I see it. It's like it still shocks me. Ooh, hit my mic. It's still like you know uh, uh, get, gets an, or gets a reaction out of me. <laughs> I'm not desensitized to it. So uh, that was that was pretty uh, interesting. And I was something I had in the back of my head while I was watching a history of violence. Nowhere near as violent as this, I'd say. Um, but you know, still a violent movie. I think Cronenberg just likes his violence. Um, anyway, like you said. The fact that we were centering, that we were focusing on the Russian mob as opposed to the Italian mob was so cool yes. because, like you said, I think every single one of the other movies, except like uh, a couple, um, are surrounding the Italian mob. Mm-hmm. The other ones, I think, I don't even know. I don't even want to say that because I don't want to get to get ahead of ourselves. But um, it, it's just it was it was a nice breath of fresh air. Like yeah. it was like I'd never like I didn't see this. Like I wasn't expecting this and. I mean, given the title, I probably should have, but, um, it, it was more so the, the tattoos. Uh, they, I'm, I didn't notice too many tattoos with the other, uh, mob movies. Oh no, I don't think but so. Russians are, uh, Russian mobs are, are big. I, I, I think because the equalizer, I, when I, I saw the equalizer mm-hmm. and they go into the Russian mob a lot and it looked very similar to that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I think, I think maybe Italian, Italian, uh, mobs more so focus on jewelry, maybe. Yeah. The only thing I think of is the Irishman when uh, Russell uh, gave you know Frank the ring. That's mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, something that happens across the. Well, yeah, well, mob. yeah, I guess yeah, because they the ring you're kind of like a made man, and then they had the stars on his chest. Yeah, he was yeah, like, I got the stars, and now mm-hmm. like I'm I'm in it now. Mm-hmm. You can't pull me out. <laughs> yeah, what what was it in Goodfellas? What were what did they what what symbols did they have to be to uh, when they were made men? I don't know. Huh. Was it clothing? Was it? I don't know. I don't know what it what, what I, there was. I, I, I mean, can't. like I'm sure it's different. For, I think that kind of goes depends on like the family. Mm-hmm. That's not more yeah, like yeah, the yeah, Italian yeah. thing. It's more yeah, like depends okay. on your family. That's, that's fair. Um, but either way, um, you know that was just really that was an interesting you know interesting change of pace. Mm-hmm. You know, focusing on a on a different type of mob, which uh, is something I wish I had got. We had got there was more um, variety variety in mm-hmm. that because I I would love to see like cartel stuff especially because like i i was coming i'm coming off one of my favorite shows is queen of the south and they that's a that's based in like the mexican cartel and like mm-hmm. they're bad shit <laughs> and i would love to see the movie like that that's 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 fair that's fair um given given the way we experienced everything through through naomi watts's character um it was it was really i was impressed with Viggo Mortensen's uh, performance, because you know it, it was, 
like like you said, he like his accent was like inter like granted I didn't have the same like I said I I saw this first so yeah. I didn't have to worry about you know um the thought of suburban dad then suddenly becoming you know fucking uh mean killer man but so I, I didn't have that same thought in my head so I wasn't like quite as amused but it was still. I don't know what this is like wrong on my part, but I like a Russian accent always gets like a like a little smile, a smirk out of me just because like I I hear it so often used in in jest. So mm. like I kind of have a hard time uh, taking it seriously. But uh, that's not to say that Viggo Mortensen's performance was not very good because it was, and it was really um, you know strong. Uh, he's he's definitely a, a good actor, and I'm not sure if he's like a he works really closely with Cronenberg, but based on these two movies, um, they definitely have, they, they definitely work well together. Um, like I said earlier, the, the fight, the, the violence was something that I was, uh, surprised with. Um, uh, the graphic, it was really graphic as far as the imagery was concerned. And even though there was only like one major fight scene, it was really visceral and like it, it was raw like it, it felt like emotionally raw and i was on the edge of my seat watching it like my asshole was clenched i was like oh shit what's happening like i'm like Ugh, tough like it was it was it was really cool to see um so and what would you rate it uh probably what did i give what did, what did i give uh a history of violence didn't you say it was like between a a and a DC, uh, yeah, DC. I gave it a five and a half. Yeah. So I'd probably go like a five and a half, maybe 5.75 if I want to get like nitpicky. Yeah, I, but I'd like, like between go. the, between not like it, it wasn't 5.5 with you. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I'm not, it wasn't like good because like yeah. there was a lot of dumb stuff in it, but yeah. like it wasn't bad by any means. So I don't know. Uh, th- this one is a, this one is a bit more like middle of the pack. Yeah. It just kind of, you know, it wasn't really in the, in the place to you know yeah it the, wasn't in the conversation it, 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 like it was yeah. like we we weren't really considering this yeah. maybe in the top 16 fun ride under two hours yeah it was it was good i would not like i would check this out again like in fact i think i'd own it like i think i oh well hey i mean i i granted i'd only pick it up like out of the bargain bin for like five bucks oh <laughs> but like <laughs> i'm not like i'd still own it like i'd pop it in and i'd check it out yeah. like if i just felt like you know actually now that i think about it, i don't know if i'd own it for real i don't yeah. know why i said that bullshit well, yeah, so that wraps up uh, Eastern Promises and, you know, that little David Cronenberg, um, you know, spiel we went on. Uh, now it's time for American Hustle. Uh, the next movie, the last movie uh, in the bottom 10 didn't make our sweet 16. Uh, American Hustle came out in 2013, directed by David O. Russell, written by David O. Russell and Eric Warren Sig- Singer, uh, starring Amy Adams, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, and Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, with a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a critics' consensus reading, riotously funny and impeccably and impeccably cast, American Hustle compensates for its flaws with unbridled energy and some of David O. Russell's most irrepressibly vibrant direction. You fell in love, don't you dare forget that part. We fell madly in love. Yes, I fell in love. My God, I fell in love. But you know what? I thought you were mysterious, like my mother, until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. And you need somebody who's going to be quiet, who's going to be shut up. You're young, you're beautiful. You got to find somebody else. You got to go out and get some friends, all right? I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Now, Hmm. all that being said, how'd you feel about it, Quattro? 
All right. Um, the narration was okay. It was, I was you know, I, I'll start with some positives first. <laughs> there were the narration was pretty good. The the love stories uh, were pretty interesting. Like the 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 relationship between um, Christian Bell's character and Jennifer Lawrence's character, I thought was hilarious. And and real quick, uh, the, so like the biggest thing about this movie, like probably the, the most notable thing about it, uh, compared to with in the entertainment business, uh, the entertainment field, is that the industry, huh, industry the is. ensemble cast. Like a lot of the awards this movie got because it got a shit ton of them was because of the ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. So I mean. They, I think, in which I think it's deserved. Um, uh, but like I said, like notably, Amy Adams's, um, her Sydney uh, Proser character was really, really good. She won the Oscar for it. Oh, she did? I believe she did, yeah. No, she won the Golden Globe. I'm sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Golden Globe for it. And uh, she was really good in this. She looked amazing. Amy Adams, I, like, I'm not, I've never been an Amy Adams person, but like in this film, I was like, oh, okay, there it is. That makes sense. I understand it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand it now. I understand. And um, Jennifer Lawrence's character, uh, Rosalind Rosenfeld, she was chef's kiss. She was really good. Jennifer Lawrence, I, I usually don't really like her as an actor. I hated, I hate Katniss, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but she did really good in this film. Like, it makes so much sense. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I thought she did a great job. Oh man! Uh, and once the once the narrative, like I felt like, and this is kind of a negative, but like I felt it took forever to get like the, to the narrative of the whole film. And then once we got there, I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I can latch. I mean, it took y'all an hour to give me give me what was going on, but hey, we here. I'm in the car. We on the road. So let's let's get it started. And then um, I, the cinematography was really good. I mean, it was made in 2013. A lot of colorful movies were coming out at the time. I think Wolf of Wall Street came out not too. 2010. 2010, yeah. So not too far before. It reminded me of that in terms of like color. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was really good. Um, uh, but, you know what they say? David and Russell's a knockoff Martin Scorsese. I could believe it. I was kidding. I made that up. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I could believe it based on like the Wolf of Wall Street and this. I was like, I could I could believe it. But why would you make some, why would you lie to me? Uh, supposed to be partners. I mean, yeah, but you know. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, wait, I'm lying to you. It definitely can. I'm thinking Shutter Island came out in 2010. This definitely came. The Wolf of Wall Street came out twenty thirteen, so I was right. I, I was. I know. I was like, bro, is that twenty ten? That's seems- nah. My bad. I'm thinking Shutter Island. That came out twenty ten. Unless I'm gonna look that up, and if I'm lying, like I fucking suck. That's gonna be entrance number seventy three. Seventy three. Okay, it was twenty ten. Fifty six right. to seventy three. I mean, like we episode two tie. I mean. <laughs> no, Shutter Island came out in 2010. We're good. All right. All right. So, but yeah. Uh, so now on to the bad, because that, that was, that was, that was a lot of that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bradley Cooper's character, uh, Detective Richie Demacio, was cool for about two minutes. <laughs> and then for the rest of the movie, I was like, bro, this progression that I keep talking about that I love was terrible. He went from like, oh, okay, this guy, you might want to go have a beer with him to like being a complete asshole the whole movie. I was like, bro, uh, your, your progression from like, Good cop to bad cop makes no good sense. Like, I, because you failed a couple times, like, now you just gonna go ape shit? Like, that don't make no sense. Like, you beat your superior with a phone. That was so funny. Like, was oh hilarious. my gosh, like, that was hilarious. I mean, Donnie Brasco's handler was like shit in the bed with him, and he didn't beat him up with a phone. Like, sir, I need you to. It was because of his hair. He <laughs> They let him get on set like that, and, you know, they, they did that to him. Real hair and makeup deserve to be fired. Um,. Okay, uh, so, and then another thing was Christian Bale's character, uh, Irvin Rosenfeld, like, throughout, as the movie progressed and more characters were introduced, like, he felt, like, more and more pointless to, in the movie. 
Like, I was like, how, how the main character no longer the main character in the film? I was like, I, mean, I just felt like it, his his importance and relevance to the film dwindled as a movie, especially because the performances of the of other characters uh, really overshot, overshadowed what he was doing. Like, Amy Adams and J-Law's uh, performances were really overshadowing what he was doing in the film. And, uh, yeah, which is what something that I mentioned. And then uh, that was, that's pretty much it for me. That like, and then the fact that, so this is a crime and gangster film uh, season. Yeah. This, this, this is what I was talking about when I said, I don't really know, like. How does make the list? I don't know. Like, this is why I said it was pretty arbitrary, like how we arrived at these 25, 26 movies. Because I, I just found an IMDb list and I saw it and I was like, I mean, I guess, but like, there's like mob stuff for like 0.2 seconds. So I don't really understand why. It's and it's yeah. I, is it? I, I guess you consider it crime. Crime, like, but like it was crime for about two minutes, and then like they were like figuring out how to so, solve the crime, which there's tons. I mean, of movies it's like listed that. as a crime genre. Like it's listed as a crime in the crime genre. Yeah, it just compared to like what the other ones are. Like this felt like really out of like a sore thumb, really yeah, out of place. It, yeah, but absolutely. the um, this was the second film I watched out of all of them. Like Damn, I watched really? The Irishman first, and then this was the second one. I was like, "Oh, we off to a bad start. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not. I don't see this going well." But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all I got on the makeup. So I I was like, I call, I remember calling Ty when I watched it. I was like, "Bro, come on, this this ain't working." <laughs> yeah, I um, that was, that was a funny that was a funny call. Um, so I also was not a fan of American Hustle. Um, you know I. The performances uh, from the from the stars, you know, uh, Amy Adams, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence, they were all like very solid. Um, you know, Christian Bale and Amy Adams, they had they had some great chemistry. Amy Adams and uh, Bradley Cooper also had great chemistry. Like we were talking about how horny a history of violence is. God damn, hmm. this this was some. Bro, like that was like I'm not even gonna lie, like that was part of the only reason why like I stayed somewhat invested because like there was like some real sexual tension there. I was like, you know what, ah, this is uh, this is this is this is doing it. This is some cool stuff you guys got going on here. I'm I'm, I'm a fan. Um, it was just like the movie is really stupid. Like it's just I don't yes. know how else to fucking say it. Like it's just fucking dumb. Like it's it's there's a lot of dumb shit that's happening. Um. Like you said, the, one of the biggest things, um, Bradley Cooper's character, the detective, um, it, it, it's like his hit. I liked him in the beginning because like right. I was I was on board, yeah. but then like as the movie progressed, like his motivations became more cartoonish and yeah. like out of nowhere, I'm like, why do you care so much about entrapping these congressmen? Like I have no, maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention, but mm-hmm. like I have no real understanding as to why like you're. You care enough to the point where you're willing to beat your superior with the phone. Like the phone. I, I, and I don't know at that. And it was like funny, of course. Yeah. Like it was very enjoy. It was very entertaining to watch. But it was still like, bro, like what's happening here? And um, Jennifer Lawrence, her performance was very was very good. <laughs> yes. But like as a character, because like personally, this is like literally just a me thing. I hate stupid characters. I hate characters who. Like make poor decisions. Like I don't find them like <laughs> redeemable. I don't like. Uh, you know what she reminded me of? What she reminded me of? Uh, what was her name? Jeez, I don't know. Her, I don't remember her name. But she reminded me of the mom from the Florida Project. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> 
Does she not remind you of her? Y- yes, that's why I'm pissed that you brought that bullshit <laughs> up. I fucking hate that movie. Uh, I don't know why. You suck. <laughs> Bro, literally lick my taint. What in the fuck was that? Like, lick it. That's 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 graphic. Like, put some, put some, like, Cajun sauce on there and give it yes. a good old lick. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. That's Fuck terrible. You. Um, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> Bro. All right. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Violence. That was a lot. Sorry. I don't apologize. I have a very deep-seated hatred for the Florida Project as a film. Um, and Cyrus, of course, has a very strong love for it. So, you know, we're literally the opposite sides of the spectrum as far as that movie is concerned and you know he people just compared... say I'm on the spectrum huh people say I'm on the spectrum yeah I mean we're not even gonna get into that today <laughs> um but the, the 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 comparison to you know um the the mother the mother in uh in the Florida project to Jennifer Lawrence's character is very apt and because of that I'm very upset that it's very apt um because it's she she's like dumb but like at the same time, like she knows what she's doing. She's doing a lot of like, uh, for lack of a better word, trifling bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you guys know what that means. I hope that's not like some some Florida slang. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it's 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 like she's she's constantly in the way. She's constantly fucking bullshit. Like fucking yes. shit up. And it's like I didn't like that either. Yeah. God damn! Like go away, please. Like I'm like it's just really frustrating. And like I understand. Like this is. Someone could say that that's not an like a legitimate complaint, and I'd be like, you know what, you're yes, not wrong. Is. Like this is a this is a completely this is a completely personal gripe I have, and I don't care. But like, who doesn't is... hate annoying baby mamas though, bro, bro? You're not wrong. Ask any pro player, any pro athlete. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who's not who's not like actively with their baby mama? Anyway, um, yeah, it's just. A lot of like a lot of dumb shit happened, and like don't get me wrong, there are certain positives here. Like the cinematography is really nice, and like the perform- the performances, as I said, were really nice. I won't go as far as to say that Christian Bale felt pointless. I didn't feel that. <laughs> I didn't feel that way. Um, unlike Quattro, but um, I mean, you if you you gonna start with him, I mean, finish with him. I mean, we did finish with him. Him and like every other character that we all cared way more about. Like I cared way more about Amy Adams' character at the, by the end than I did <sighs> Christian Bale's. Fair enough, fair enough. One character that I did like feel really bad for was Jeremy Renner's character, yeah. Carmine Polito, because he, like, he, I feel like I don't. Because correct me if I'm wrong. Like, did he actually deserve? Like, did he do anything legitimately wrong? Yeah, I think like, he took that. He was gonna take the deal. Yeah, but like. I was gonna kill that person, but I didn't. Therefore, I'm not being convicted of murder. Like that's not. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. We can't get. I'm, I'm not gonna get into semantics of that right now. But like, <laughs> I, I mean, I believe he did. Like, did have some. Has like, some I, I, I'm. Under, I, it's, it's been admittedly. On. It's been a like. It's been a yeah. A, like a I said, little bit since I've seen I watched, it, so. and I'm definitely not watching it again. No, but no, no, no. Um, I just have a hard time because I was like. The the fact that I hated that Bradley Cooper's character went so yeah. far out of nowhere, like I gotta get him, like I'm gonna trap him all. I'm like, bro, yeah, what like, happened? Like, what? I thought you were cooling. Somebody kick your puppy. Like, <laughs> like what's going what on? happened? Somebody sunk your ship. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it was. It was just. I don't know, man. Like it was. Stop. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. I, honestly, like I, I, I had a genuine um, disdain. For um, Rosaline or Rosalind, 
Rosenfeld, Jennifer Lawrence's character. Uh, it was. I don't know. Like I, I, I can't like just because I have a basic understanding for for your motivation. Like speaking about Bradley Cooper's character, um, uh, what's what's his fucking name? Um, uh, Detective Richie Demacia. Yeah, yeah, that that dude. Just because I have a basic understanding of his motivation, it it doesn't. There was not enough in that movie to explain the absolute like fucking hurdles that were being jumped by him to achieve whatever the fuck it was. And I was glad he didn't succeed, but like, I mean, he did, but like he was also knocked down a couple pegs, but uh, I don't know, man, the movie, especially like the, the cherry on top is given like the context of like this show and specifically this season, this movie is not very fitting. I would say like, I don't really understand why, it was uh, in this in this list because it is a crime film technically, but like it has like mob like Robert De Niro cameos as a mob member for yeah, like I remember three that, yeah. scenes. Like didn't he get killed? I don't even remember. Like yeah. I I kind of like no no lie to you. Not, I'm not even. I'm gonna keep it a whole crispy hard earned buck with you. Like I like I tried to re- re- repress this memory that yeah. I saw this movie because it it just like frustrated me so much. And the yeah. fact that it was nominated for best picture. Um, yeah. By the Academy, just further cements my belief that the Academy uh, is is a bunch of bullshit ass uh, yeah. motherfuckers that don't really like they they just be doing shit just to, to, they're trolls they're a bunch of trolls for sure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that that's that's American all. I hustle, <laughs> hustle yeah. me into watching this film. Ah <laughs> uh, man, so uh, what 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 are you gonna what are you gonna give it, man? Woo, this, this, is, man. this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good, man. I'm what, give it what, a nice, what, a nice crispy, awful, and a three, a nice awful. Okay, because that, that one and two get 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 bypassed because of the ensemble cast. <laughs> sure, and Jeremy Renner saved it from a two. So awful, nice awful three. Mm, yeah, I was trying to be nice, go bad, but nah, it's pretty awful. Um, and maybe if I wasn't looking at it through the lens of like, all right, this is supposed to be for exactly. this show. I could have bumped it up to a a bad maybe yeah bad maybe four and a half yeah, between maybe, bad yeah. and eh. yeah but like because I was like I went into it expecting and especially I'd heard a lot of good things about this movie yes so I was like all right cool like I saw the cast I was like oh bro I'm in for a treat yeah and I was not I oh, was no. pissed I was like um, <laughs> what what the what the fuck is this but um yeah so I'm a, I'm gonna just go with the four or uh three my bad oh, awful okay straight up awful you know um but. Yeah, and I mean, we don't have to explain why I didn't make the Sweet 16. If it yeah. did, if we do, then like you haven't been paying attention. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like, I, like I, I appreciate you for listening, but like you clearly haven't been listening hard enough. So just go ahead and replay it. Um, yeah, re- re- just, yeah. Um, that's that's it though. That's that's the last of the bottom ten. Um, uh, I hope you guys uh, don't kill us for for the for the ten movies that didn't make it. This this half this half this five. Um, I'll allow some of you to like make arguments for a few of these, but like yeah, I'm, yeah, not, not, full, not, I'm not pudging on America Hustle. None, none of the five from today, I think, really deserve to be in the top. Maybe you could make an argument for like, um, like Donnie Brasco or Infernal Affairs, just because of like <laughs> the influence that uh, Infernal Affairs had, and just because I think that Donnie Brasco is very good and you're just capping on it. I feel like you um, really are disrespecting the history of violence. That's just me. I feel like you disrespected it. How? How? I feel it just... Because of... I, honestly, because it was such a breath 
of Fresh Air, I was like, this is a really interesting concept. Like, you know, the two, uh, what's the director's name? Uh, uh, David Cronenberg. The, the, two, the two David Cronenberg movies we watched. He had really good ideas. I mean, these are great concepts. And, and, and you know what you get for effort? And A, you know what you get for execution? Yeah, no. Whatever the fuck I gave him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, hey, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, the yesterday though, or not yesterday, excuse me, episode one. Um, yeah, I'm. We're gonna get eviscerated for that one. The Godfather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, part two, that yeah. one. People are not gonna like that one. Listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People gonna be like, uh, uh-uh, nah, y'all, no credibility. And them like, dudes that break some B-rolls, nah. They nah. don't know what they're talking about. Uh, Chinatown. Uh, bro, if somebody gets on here and tries to defend Once Upon a Time in America, like unfollow yeah, us, like yeah, don't yeah. even, don't I don't even want you to listen, <laughs> no. bro. Like get out of here. Like I don't care. Low key bullshitting. Like we'd appreciate the listens, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, but it's yeah, that, that that wraps the the bottom ten. Uh, episode three will be coming at you guys with, um, you know, the next part. Uh, now we'll be starting the reviews of the top sixteen. You know, uh, we'll do the next the next four episodes. We'll be. Um, uh, excuse me. The next the next few episodes we'll be uh, reviewing each of the sweet sixteen or each of the sweet each sweet ah goddamn it English motherfucker do you speak it each of the sweet sixteen similarly to the way that we did you know the bottom ten um, so yeah I uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh, definitely share the show share the podcast around with your friends if you uh, are at all invested in like what we have what the ideas we have here um you know the reviews even if you guys don't necessarily agree if you guys are just entertained and you just want to show everybody like man these guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about please like we want people to laugh at us like that just means we'll get more listens um i don't, don't want to be laughed at. i mean yeah like i don't want to be <laughs> laughed at but like i take being laughed at with like a million listens yeah. versus like being not laughed being laughed at. at and like having like 10 yeah so. So, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it, it it's a, the, the hard decisions, the important decisions in life. Um, yeah. but you got, you can find, uh, you know, the show racking the B-rolls wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, make sure you tune in, um, to, you know, the next, next episode. Uh, am I forgetting anything? You guys can follow, follow the show on Instagram at brackets underscore B rolls. That's B R A C K E T S underscore B R O L L S. Um, bars yeah appreciate it um, that's that's pretty much that's where you can find us on Instagram Twitter you can also follow us there uh, perhaps when this goes out I think we might be a little bit more active on that because like we probably need to step that up because like that's like we don't really post anything over there I mean, should we really start out the show lying to the people I mean <laughs> I don't know man uh, yeah, I, we'll just we'll, we'll just call it wishful thinking yeah um, but yeah that, that's pretty much uh, it where can they where can they find you bucko you can find me on Instagram at Quattro IV with the P between the C and the U. So that spells out C period U A T R O I V. Catch me on Twitter at Redquare317. R-E-D-K-O-O-L-A-I-D-317. Why do you even plug that? Like you don't even use Twitter. Bruh, because I feel like if I start using it, I get a head start. What? I get a head start. So if I, you start using it, you I'll get mean, a head start. I'll meet my followers there. They'll already be there. And then I'll just hop on with But that's not... You on. know what, bro? You, yeah, I mean, you got obviously, it. Obviously, I don't know how Twitter works. No, nah, you like, don't. Music. You don't. I mean, it's okay. the green arrow is still my, like, picture. What? That's, I, I, that's how long ago I made it. Anyway. Um, so yeah, follow me there. Yeah. yeah y'all, y'all make sure to follow him. You guys can follow me on Instagram at flyguy.ty, two wise and fly. Um... You can find me on Twitter at FlyGuyTie7, two eyes and fly again, of course. Shout out to any Soupcast fans. Y'all know that. Um, uh, I believe that's it, though. Uh, 
you know, still don't have a tagline. Uh, you know, stay hydrated, stay safe. Uh, fucking watch movies, I guess. Positivity. Wash your hands. Yeah, wash your fucking hands. That part. Wear a mask. Wear your bro. mask. God damn it. There it is. Catch, yeah, there it is. Catch Rona. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Again>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. So, uh, peace.